Hey, I'm Claire. And I'm Janice. And this is The X-Files, a podcast about breakups, broken hearts, and moving on. We are breakup coaches here to help you beat your breakup, heal your broken heart, and move on to an amazing, abundant life. Welcome everyone to this week's episode of X-Files. This is a really cool episode, so I'm excited to dive into it. And I'm excited that we have a resident expert on the topic. Um, Before we get started though, as we often do, I just want, or we just want to thank everyone who's been listening, everyone who's been providing us really great feedback, everyone who's been DMing us with their breakup questions. And we are just absolutely loving it. And yes, um, and if you want to spread the love, we would love it if you'd leave us a review on Apple Podcasts. We haven't yep. really asked for that before, and we thought it might be a good time to do so because we are getting quite yeah. a few messages, and we love them. And, you know, some people could almost pop the, the same message almost into an Apple yeah. review, really. <laughs> yeah, and it really helps us because um, the more reviews you get, the more it shows people Mm -hmm. who might be interested. And if you guys are loving it, then we want more people like you to be getting the support that we're just sending out into the universe. So, you know, if you're loving it and you have a couple minutes, you know, just hop on over to Apple podcasts. I know Spotify doesn't do reviews, but literally the way it works, Apple feeds into every other platform because Mm -hmm. of course it's Apple. Yeah. I know they're they're still kind of the queen monopolize everything. (laughs) Yeah. So, um, even if you don't listen on Apple, you know, if you could go over there and just like say, Hey, this podcast is great. Yep. If it helps me. Great. I enjoy listening. It's great then, you know. Yes. If you, oh uh, yeah, for sure. If you're not, if you're not <laughs> Why loving are you it, here? this doesn't apply <laughs> to you. Yeah, exactly. All right. So thank you so much. And um, yeah, we, we appreciate it. And we also appreciate you letting us um, say that on an episode. Yeah. So, so let's thank get into you. it. Yeah. That out of the way. Here we go with today's topic. Um, pets and breakups. Yes. Pets so and why breakups. are we talking about this? So first of all, in both our personal lives and in our practice, we have seen pets play an interesting role in breakups. Yeah. When you <laughs> um, have a pet, they're they're playing a major role. In yeah, good, bad, ugly, everything in between. We have had listener questions about this. So a few weeks ago, I actually put kind of on as a list on my list of ideas. Oh, we need to get someone who is an expert in this area to talk about the <laughs> right and wrong ways mm-hmm. to go about dealing with a pet after a breakup. And yeah. uh, of course, I already knew that Claire was a bit of an expert in pets and rehousing and all of that. Mm-hmm. Um, but somehow it, it kind of slipped my mind. And when we were chatting one day, we thought, well, let's just have Claire come on and be interviewed yeah. about breakups. <laughs> so I'm really yeah. excited that you have so much insight into this area and I think it's going to be an episode that'll help a lot of people yes I think so definitely because I mean we we love our pets we make a lot of sacrifices for them and you know they improve our lives in so many ways and Mm -hmm. it's just like kind of a, a part of the territory when you are going through a breakup that if there are you know other family members aka pets then you know that's gonna 
put a lot more complication into that. So yeah, um, professionally, um, I consider myself an expert in this. Um, I worked at a nonprofit animal shelter for four years. I saw about, you know, 2000 pets during that time, find new homes. And that's quite a low number actually for four years. Yeah. Um, it, yeah. So, uh, other shelters are seeing a lot more pets than that, um, finding new homes. So mm-hmm. I've seen basically any circumstance you can think of. I've seen it happen, um, right? with people yes. having to find mm-hmm. new homes for their pets. Um, and a so, lot of breakups. Yeah, probably. Yeah, right. actually. So, you know, a lot of things we're going to talk about breakups and separation. We're going to um, talk about what to do if you're experiencing domestic violence, um, how to work the system of sheltering, um, what sheltering is really like, other alternatives, um, how to keep your pet, even if you're like, I don't know how to do this. We're going to talk about it all because I've I've coached a lot of people through this as a professional at the shelter. Um, and so I'm excited to bring this to you the podcast. Yeah, I love it. And we'll also touch on how to go about things responsibly when Mm -hmm. you decide you want to get a pet. Yeah, there's a ton of information here that I felt needed to be shared, even though right now it might not apply to your breakup, it will Mm -hmm. help you in the future. So as you go into new relationships and possibly get a pet, then, you know, if you don't have a pet yet and you're not in this situation, please keep listening because a lot of the stuff that I'm about to share will help you down the road. Oh my God, Um, the anticipation. Yeah, I I love it. I think it's important. And yeah, some people who see the topic might not think it applies to them, but this really is a make or break situation with so many people's breakups. And I've just, I've seen it cause a lot of heartache. I've seen it cause people guilt and shame and stress and everything. And I, yeah, I think it would be, it's good to talk about. I I don't think it's something that we probably talk about enough. Yeah. So, and I actually also went through this. I had to rehome some pets after my divorce and I very rarely bring it up because it was so traumatic. Mm-hmm. Um, I probably won't bring it up very many more times, but That's I, <laughs> yes. Um, but I do want to say that I, I understand very intimately, um, the complication and the pain and stress that having pets, um, in a breakup can cause. Mm-hmm. And I have a lot of compassion for the people who deal with this. And I want to help others who, who went through what I went through. So yeah, exactly. Yeah. And I experienced this personally as well, um, with my ex fiance, um, together we had a dog and two cats. Uh Yeah. So, um, in that situation, I mean, I'll be talking about how to manage this in your situation, but when we adopted those animals, each time we made an adoption, we already knew who's pet it was. Um, and so, you know, the cats were mine, the dog was his, and we stuck with that when we did go through the breakup. So we had that plan in advance and though it was heartbreaking to, you know, not see the dog anymore, um, Mm -hmm. you know, and for him to not see the cats anymore, um, cause we did very much like share, caring for them and everything yeah totally Mm -hmm. um cats are a lot of work and now you have (laughs) 
You've added one to your family. Yeah, I've added one since then. So <laughs> Claire's a mother to three adorable three cats, cats. I know. Yeah. So I'm a cat. It's a it's an occupational hazard of working at an animal shelter is you end sure. up with a lot of animals. Um, <laughs> so yeah. Um, so we're going to dig into all of that. Um, so Okay, I'll, I have more questions about this, but we'll we'll yes. get into it later. All right. So, <laughs> given that you are the sort of resident, well, you are the resident expert here. I thought we could go through some of the main things um, that people struggle with when pets are involved in a relationship and in mm-hmm. a breakup and a move and all of that. Yes. Um. So, and I know that, it, I mean, it just plays such a big role in overall happiness. Um learning how to deal with this, um, yeah. you know, especially when you have to completely cut off contact with, with a pet, because we do say, you know, no contact with your partner is the best thing under many circumstances. And that a pet is not really the best reason yeah. to keep in touch. Um, so let's maybe talk, start with that because we are such big advocates for the no contact thing. So yes. if there is a pet who is going to be staying with your partner for whatever reason, mm-hmm. um, what is the impact on the animal? Yeah. Yeah. So many of the people I've spoken with who've asked me questions about this in terms of their breakup, um, their, their concern is with the pet's well-being. Yeah. You know, they're, they're like, will they miss me? Will they, you know, pine away? Um, and, from what I've seen personally with people relinquishing animals at the shelter is that, you know, um, and I realized I didn't mention this either. My mom's a dog trainer. So I've All always right. had like four <laughs> or five dogs at a time. Um, you are bringing a lifelong <laughs> expertise yeah. to the table. Here. I like to say I was raised by wolves because I was basically oh one of the pack, you know, <laughs> oh, um, so cool. so just the single human with mm. a bunch of dogs. Um, so yeah. Um, so I, I've, also done a lot of training on uh dog psychology and how the and I'm talking mostly about dogs and cats here um I feel like those are like typically the domesticated animals people are dealing with when they're worried about like their well-being mm-hmm. I don't think your iguana is gonna miss you it's gonna be your tarantula uh, or you're your not gonna tarantula. have, you're not gonna have this like, whatever. <laughs> yeah so you know you may miss them but they're mm-hmm. they're in a different sort of existence <laughs> um, mindset <laughs> yeah so I want to tell you 100% your dog your cat they will not forget you and if they see you again, they will definitely recognize you. You're not erased from their past. However, they will not miss you. Um, they're, they're just happy for human attention of any kind. They'll be happy if they see you. They'll be excited. They'll, you know, there will be some confusion if you're coming in and out of their life with no sort of, um, you know, like rhyme or reason. So you're saying that it might actually be better to not have the contact rather than do the, I'm going to take them one day a month or one day a week or any type of various arrangements that I am very familiar with that people try. Oh, so it's actually even better. Yeah. It's, it might be better to not have that contact at all. Gotcha. Um, 
you know, it just really depends where you get to with your partner because Mm -hmm. coming in and having a bad relationship with your partner and forcing interaction and all those emotions, your animal will pick up on those and it will be stressful for them to just go through Mm -hmm. like an Mm -hmm. afternoon of you fighting with your partner so that you can see your dog, you know? Um, so that's, that's kind of like a nuanced thing, but I just want to like tell you, Hey, you were a big part of their life that will not be forgotten. They would recognize you if they saw you, but your absence, as long as they're getting taken care of humanely and properly, they are going to be just fine. Your absence is not going to cause them to like spiral into like a depression or anything like that. Um, and so, so when something that someone told me when I had to rehab my pets was that, you know, these domesticated animals are very resilient and yeah. adaptable. And if, yeah, and if they do have their needs met and some care that mm-hmm. they can, you know, adapt to the changes. Exactly. Better yeah. than a, a child <laughs> would. Yeah. A human. Yeah. yeah. I mean, just like you will eventually start dating someone new so too can pets like find a new owner and you know be with that person and have a loving home um you know so just know like they are going to be okay they're going to be okay and during this time you need to make decisions for yourself and focus on that so so what if though the person who is not going to be with the pet Mm-hmm. What should they do with their missing of the animal? Oh, yeah. I mean, that's going to be something to process just like you're mm-hmm. you're processing the loss of your ex the partner. Uh-huh. you know, it's yeah. um just like allowing yourself to feel those feelings and it is extremely hard yeah. and mm-hmm. just like making sure to like ground into remembering that they're going to be just fine and that they're, yeah you know, like the memories that you have of them are still beautiful and wonderful. And you, you have those, even if you can't see the animal. Um, it's probably better for yeah. you. So, you know, this is a chapter of your life that you probably, if you're listening, need, need to close. And even if, even if that means closing, you know, a chapter of your life in which there was a pet you loved. Yeah. And this is just, this is one, only one angle. We'll cover the angle of if you're the one keeping the pet. Right. Yeah. Okay. This is, this is just if, if, you know, the ownership is with your Your ex ex and Uh they will be keeping the animal, what to do about Mm -hmm. it. And like how, you know, just like offering you the reassurance that your pet is going to be okay. And that, um, you know, you, you don't have to worry so much about like how your absence is going to affect their well being. So putting that out there first. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. All right. So let's talk about ownership in the beginning. Like, let's go back to the beginning of the story in which this animal was involved. Um, You know, hindsight is a difficult thing to cope with in a relationship for so many reasons. You know, coulda, shoulda, woulda is a big thing that people deal with. And um, this is especially true Mm -hmm. when you're processing a breakup, trying to limit contact with your ex. Um, dealing with emotions and when there's an animal that you love who is yeah. in the care or in the mix of all of this yeah um, exactly 
I've, I mean, it just adds such another layer of complication, like I already said. And I've mentioned on this show that I wish that couples would just completely avoid <laughs> the pet thing altogether because I've just seen it go wrong in the end. And the, you don't think this when you're doing it, you no. know? Um, so no. at the same time, I'm a animal person. I don't have any now, but I know that they can add lots of joy in your life. And as a couple, it can be a really great thing to bond over. Yes. Uh, you know, um, <laughs> it can allow you to kind of have the family experience without kids. It can add to your family if you have kids. But I am sure given all of the sob stories that I've heard through the years, including mine, <laughs> that there's ways to do it uh, mindfully and responsibly. Yeah. So if you get with a partner again and you guys want to get a pet, what are some responsible ways to go about it? Yeah. So this is one of the things that's going to be helpful for going into the future. So if you don't have a pet yet, listen up right now. Um, there's a lot of nuance here and just like, I just want to, um, address what you said, how you wish couples would just avoid the pet thing altogether. Mm -hmm. I kind of agree. Okay. Um, in, in one like word of that sentence, Mm -hmm. couples, uh-huh. should avoid the pet right. thing together. Yes. You do not co-own an animal. Even if you're like in a marriage, there is one person always, I think, this who is, should have precedence. I think that you will get pushback on this, or at least people will be thinking in their minds that this isn't yeah. true. Because when a couple is going to get a pet, do in, I mean, most people would never think of it in those terms at yeah. all. And you yeah. wouldn't even want to have the conversation who's the actual in quotes owner, yeah. but it's true. I love that. You just said that. I yeah, to, like, exactly. Make a, make a little graphic. And here's the <laughs> thing. That. Here's the thing. You got to be able to have uncomfortable conversations with your partner. Mm-hmm. And I uh, think about it this way. So, right. You it's the same as having like a prenup going into a marriage. You know, some people don't believe in keeping their like resources separate or having Mm -hmm. a prenup, but I think it's romantic that you would both choose to be together, even if there are no financial like repercussions to breaking up or, you know, any of these things like uh, with a pet, you know, like you're not staying together for something other than the fact that you just love this person. Like the love that you have together, that's the reason you're together. It's not because, oh, I don't know what I'll do financially afterwards, or Mm -hmm. I don't know what will happen with the pet. It's like, you will know what's going to happen with the pet if you have a plan in the first place Mm -hmm. and having a plan and not being like, oh, we're going to break up eventually, but being like, hey, (laughs) we both are on the same page about what we think would be responsible for the breakup. Not saying the breakup's ever going to happen. But just knowing that you're both adult enough to have that conversation. And if you are trying to have that conversation and your partner is giving you pushback and saying, we don't need to talk about something like that. Like we're going to be together forever. I can't believe you would bring something like that up. And they're starting to go on the defensive. That's a huge fucking red flag. (laughs) Yeah, very (laughs) true. Yeah. true. And I I also think that what you're saying is communication is sexy yeah do more of it do more of it even if it's awkward like why oh go ahead yeah so that all of that clarified 
I believe that when you are going into um like deciding to adopt a pet and I keep saying adopt because I want you to fucking adopt I don't want you to go to a breeder sorry oh my god so Um, I really (laughs) love um wait what are they called no what are the cute little what are the cute oh do they have scrunchy faces yeah so what is french bulldogs frenchies yeah frenchies so so i really really love frenchies like so much i um house and pet sat for a frenchie when i was in melbourne for like six months Mm -hmm. and he was such an amazing pet amazing companion it was I loved it. It was a beautiful experience. And so I've looked into getting them and it's troubling to say, yeah. to say the least. Um, yeah. Yeah. Um, for so many reasons. So the, many the reasons. industry, um, the cost makes me feel like there's something icky about it. Yeah. Um, I, yeah, I'm not the sure. The mother. Yeah. Yeah. You know. You're right. So many questions. It's, it's crazy. Um, so I, I have recently looked in, looked into adopting. I think it's a little yeah. harder to adopt a Frenchie, but <laughs> um, <laughs> we'll see what happens. I mean, it's not going to be like, you can walk into a shelter and find one. Mm-hmm. Like typically that said, we got all sorts of breeds at the, yeah, at the so, shelter. Um, I'm so. also really into chihuahuas. <laughs> yeah, because I grew up, I grew up with them. Yeah, and apparently, so they they trended, you know, for a number of years, and so many people got them. Yeah, and now there's a a lot. There's even Chihuahua adoption agencies. Yeah, where um because a lot of people aren't wanting them, which I think is sad. They're actually really yeah. lovely pets. I don't like that they have a bad reputation. Yeah. <laughs> so I mean, that's just another that's another thing. So just uh okay, a couple points here because I don't want to like leave loose ends. Okay. So. Uh, number one, if you want a specific breed, there are specific breed rescues. You can contact right. them and get on a wait list so that the next time they find, you know, the golden doodle or the Frenchie, you'll be top of the list. Um, and you can get a wonderful animal who is out of a home, um, oh. and is exactly what you wanted. Um, oh, so, so yeah. if you're saying, okay, so in my case with a little bit of patience, yeah, perhaps. there's some patience, oh, okay. but okay. you know, um, having an animal is a long-term commitment. So I think you should be able to exercise some patience when you're looking <laughs> yeah. for the right one. Come mm-hmm. on now. Um, okay. Number two, uh, trends of dog breeds is a thing. So anytime you see something in pop culture, uh, blow up like the Frenchies from, uh, modern family. And then there were Huskies. Oh, you know, I actually Game hadn't made the connection. Um, um there were Dalmatians and, back in the day from and Chihuahuas because of blondes. Yes. And even yeah. Taco Bell. I, I mean, exactly. we, we had them growing up and we couldn't even walk down the street. Yeah. I remember we took our, our dog to San Francisco and we were, you know, walking, going along and people were like coming out of the restaurants to yeah. see that. I mean, they were really popular. For Very popular. So people get like mass hysteria over yeah. like a certain breed. And what happens is that a mm-hmm. year or two later, the shelters start filling up with that type of dog, especially <sighs> with Game of Thrones, because Huskies are are not easy animals to have. Um, I wouldn't so think so. Would get this, you know, adorable little dire oh. wolf lookalike. And a year later, they'd be like, I've gone through three couches and I don't know what to do anymore. Right. Um, a pet is yeah. not a toy. It is a huge yeah. commitment and so yeah. much to consider. Yeah. So uh-huh. just, you know, if you're really into the Huskies, because you're like, just watched Game of Thrones, <laughs> 
like check the shelters I guarantee there's like 10 of them in there like at any point so Mm -hmm. anyways (laughs) really 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 I will be hopping on and off of my soapbox during this episode (laughs) yeah so when you are adopting taking it back when you are adopting have a plan who is this animal going to truly belong to? And like, you know, I want to be progressive here. We can call yourself a pet parent, um, a caretaker, but legally you are an owner and they are property legally. Really good points to make also. Really good points to make. They are not children. It's like having debating who owns the desk um, as as that is. Uh Um, So when you're planning to adopt, who has ownership? And when you're deciding this, it could be like, oh, who has a family in the area that the dog is going to stay with when you're going out of town, things like that. Um, Like that was a big deal with me and my ex-fiance. My parents weren't in town. So the dog would always stay with his parents when we went out of town. Mm -hmm. And so when we broke up, I didn't have anywhere in the area that I could, you know, have someone watch my dog. You mm, don't necessarily mm. need that. You can pay someone to do that, but it was just he had more resources for caring for a dog than I did at that point. So you're saying in your situation you hadn't mm-hmm. had the conversation when you got the dog we about did. who's we did. Oh, okay. Okay. Yeah. Okay. We we uh-huh. did, but it also like looking at like out long term over the years you know like we knew that his parents would be watching the dog when we were out of town things like that so you know he just had like a larger support network Mm -hmm. um you know I could have paid for someone to watch my dog not a problem yeah and just so you know like house sitting is a definite thing you know people like to go and stay at your house and watch your pet when you go out of town and I do think it's important and it's something that people don't consider when they get animals is what's going to happen when when we travel and I mean you do need to at least know this (laughs) yeah you need to know this uh you need to know also like your work situation if someone is working from home they're going to be able to let the dog out and take them for walks throughout the day. If you're working, you know, 60 hour weeks, Mm -hmm. a dog is, unless it's a senior and I highly encourage you to adopt a senior dog, that's not going to go down very well. Right. Um, (laughs) Yeah. So the Frenchie I had was a senior. He was a dream. Yeah. Very well behaved and sweet. All right. Okay. Go on. Yeah. So, so just like work out those logistics before you even walk into the shelter and choose an animal. And so because you're a cat person, I guess I should say, would you want to have a conversation with your partner about who is going to do the bloody litter box? Yeah. (laughs) And how often? Yeah. (laughs) That was, that was a thing too. You know, like if your partner's like, I will not touch the litter box. You know, that's a good thing to know about your partner. Yes, and don't get, I mean, (laughs) unless you want to be doing it all the time, I think it's a horrible chore, but it's got to be done. I mean, it's abusive to the cat to not do it, right? Well, and also they'll start peeing places. Uh, Yeah, so you need to, yeah, from who's going to have it if we're not together to who's going to actually do the Yeah, do the care. And it can be that like, oh, we're going to equally split the care, you know, and, and have that be the thing. But also know who at the end of the day 
is the person responsible for that animal. Um, and this can also like take into account finances as well. Like maybe you are going to like split the cost during your partnership, but you know, if you're breaking up, you just want to have these conversations ahead of time, even if they're awkward, you know, and, um, and there's ways to like, make it, you know, like have some EQ and, and you can <laughs> yeah. like plan this. Out oh, I know these things are like, tough, but yeah, you know, but it's better to have the conversation now before you're going into it and find out, oh, your partner doesn't want to pick up poop. They don't want to pay for veterinary bills, but they're the one who brought up being the, like getting the dog in the first place. I know, place. I and know. Like, and I, was, hang on. It just brought to mind that I think people, when they get past a certain point in the relationship, maybe the six month mark, even maybe the one year mark, you, you get really excited about living together and coupling in your future. And this is where people start to get really excited about, oh, wouldn't it be fun if we, you know, started dog family. And um, yeah. you, I think though, that you really need to be with someone for a while, know what they're like, as far as sharing responsibilities go. Uh, yeah, yeah and see I mean, first I mean with the housework for instance live yeah. with someone for a housework, while see how care. they yeah yep yeah. yeah see how they um keep to their commitments see how things go down with keeping the place as clean as you'd like and then maybe consider what yeah. this person's going to be like to share a pet with yeah exactly and you know you can always foster in the meantime huge component <laughs> I want to talk fostering. about this at the end yeah, I really want so, to get back to fostering yeah okay Claire so we've talked about when you're getting a pet all right be responsible mm -hmm. talk about these things be realistic be practical all of it so you get the pet everyone's loving it the relationship breaks down mm -hmm. all right so what Many couples may not have had the conversations that we've just touched on. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so where do you start with figuring out the logistics of the quote parental agreement? What are the, what's a good way to go about coping with this after a breakup? Yeah. I mean, so it starts with having a civil conversation mm -hmm. and, you know, uh, trying to get outside of yourself a little and, um, you know, put aside, your own feelings about potentially not seeing this animal anymore and being realistic about your own resources, your own plans for the future and that sort of thing. So take into account who has the finances um, to care for this pet solo, um, who mm -hmm. took the most responsibility in time or money for the pet in the yeah. past years. Um, you know, that was a tricky thing for, um, uh, for me with my ex-fiance is that uh jesse the dog always came to work with me oh. so he was never left alone at home because i worked at an animal shelter i could oh. take my dog to work it was huh. super acceptable and, he just and play? so play during the day yeah he stayed in my oh. office and he <laughs> um yeah he he would mostly sleep all day um oh, but I you see. know <laughs> like i would take him out at lunch and everything so That's i put cool. a lot of time into my dog so that right. was a consideration for my ex was where is he gonna go during the day now that he's not going to work with Claire mm -hmm. so yeah so that was that was just one consideration but also you know um if 
your if you don't know what your future plans are you're like fuck I might go to Bali for six months you know you're not taking a dog (laughs) with you to Bali I can pretty much guarantee that's not gonna happen that is not a thing people yeah yeah so if you have plans for international long-term travel what is going to happen to that animal while you're gone? You know, can you manage that? Do you have someone that your dog can stay with for six months and better be sure that that is solid? Yeah. This is a good point. Ownership. Um, cause I think after, after a relationship ends, a lot of people like myself say, I want to make really big life changes. I want to do things that I couldn't have done with, with my, with my ex or being with my ex. And, um, and so you need to be honest with yourself and honest about what's best for the pet. And if having a pet is now compatible with this new fun jet setting life that you want, yeah. (laughs) or if it's just going to hold you down and cause you stress and not be good for them either. Yeah. And it, it might be that you are willing to make those sacrifices. Like for example, I'm a dual citizen. I could have up and gone to England and been like, fuck yeah, I'm living in a new country now, but I have cats. And I was like, I, this is a sacrifice I'm willing to make. I'm going to stay in the United States mm-hmm. and I'm going to make sure, you know, not that you can't move with your animals, but it makes it so much harder. Yeah. So much harder. And God, like, it's just like a whole stressful thing for the animals themselves. Like they don't mm-hmm. want to go on a plane and spend three months in quarantine where you're not allowed to visit them. Wow. Yeah. yeah. You like, you got to think about these things. Um, also, if you have a bully breed or um, I mean, they call them aggressive breeds, but that is not what they are. Yeah. <laughs> um, working breeds <laughs> mm-hmm. like german shepherds um uh, okay is a pit um, bull one yeah so a, a pit bull or rottweiler um, rottweiler that would be another mm-hmm. one um so pit bulls aren't a breed it's like a it's a type of dog um so it can be any of five different breeds and then the crosses thereof so All you right. can like um yeah so to, the more you know um <laughs> <So>. <laughs> but yeah you can like loosely group a bunch of dogs into the pit bull type gotcha. um right. boxers uh would be another one but a lot of um different states have different laws cities have different laws denver for example it's illegal to have a pit bull here so it's like a whole thing um <laughs> and- but you know just keep in mind that you may be in a very progressive area right now and if you're moving to somewhere that isn't so progressive in terms of like breed labeling you might have trouble finding housing you might have to um you know like there's just a lot of considerations so you know like if those are responsibilities you want to take on, you can. I firmly believe that if you love your pet, you'll find the money, you'll find the time, you'll make any sacrifice necessary, but know that there's going to be sacrifices. Yeah. Well, not just loving it, just determining what your priorities are. Yeah. You know, if you're at a certain time in your life when you really want to say, I'm going to, you know, let myself travel for five years. Yeah. I I think that's okay. I don't think it means you don't love your pet. Yeah. No, no, no. no. So sorry. I said it like that. Yeah. You can okay, love your right. pet and very lovingly and find the them a new them. home. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I think it's good, good that you also brought up the housing thing because after a breakup, you might stay with a friend. You might yeah. get a much smaller place than you had before. And uh-huh. I've seen people, it's like 
you know, go into a, you know, an apartment that was a fraction of the size and be so determined to take their animal. But, you know, is, is that even the best for your pet? It just depends yeah. on, mm-hmm. on what you're going to yeah. do to make it work because you can totally make a small apartment work. Like these animals have evolved to be mm-hmm. with humans okay. in human okay. situations. Mm-hmm. However, you need to make sure that you're giving them what they need in order to thrive in that environment. And that might be yep. five times a day walking, depending right. on how energetic your dog is. Mm-hmm. You can make it work. But if you know that you're trying to blend a 60 hour work week with a small apartment with your two-year-old husky I can tell you that's gonna be really really hard yeah I've had (laughs) frustration with people in the past who were so determined to be the ones who kept the dogs but then never walked them and yeah uh, I mean I know people get into situations with pets that are really really tricky but that's also something to consider how often can you give them the exercise they need Exactly. Mm-hmm. You know, and it's, it's hard, but you have to take your ego out of it and be yeah. realistic. And also like, you know, in that situation, think about what you, your life may be gaining by being able to step back from your ego and be like, you know what? I think, yes, my ex would be a better owner long-term and that means that even though I have this sadness, this extra sadness to deal with on top of everything else, it means that I have more options now. I have yeah. like, you know, so it's, it's really hard. Like I, you know, I've definitely, I, I think in this episode, there's a risk that I may come across as kind of cold and no, like no, matter of me. fact, mm-hmm. um, yeah, but so it is a matter wanna... of fact. And that's the that's yeah. the problem. That is why people are in miserable situations is because they attach all these emotions and yeah. all of these assumptions about the animal and all of these this ego and pride and, you know, wishing, mm-hmm. you know, that that things were different. And uh, you need to take all of that out of it and be mm-hmm. very practical and matter of fact and black and white about it. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. I mean, I'm just going to say, you know, you got to be mature. You, you know, you need to grow up and think about what's best for everyone. And, yeah. you know, do you want to be going over to your ex's place every day, every week to walk the dog or spend an hour with the dog for the next five years when you've just broken up with this person who made you miserable? <laughs> I, I know it is. I, I am being yeah. harsh because, oh. I mean, like, yeah, get down to it, make a decision. And I mean, can therapy help if you're really having a hard time with missing a a pet? Oh, yeah. Or is it just a matter of time? Yeah, therapy can help. Also, Mm -hmm. like you can um, volunteer at the local shelter, like meet other pets, Mm -hmm. walk your friend's pet, you know, like pets in general are so healing. And so, you know, yeah, you, you can, you can help yourself heal in a lot of different ways, um, from those tough decisions. So, so I, something that popped up for me is I think, especially as a person who is animal friendly, vegetarian, and have lots of friends who are as well, I think subconsciously that when people are seen as a pet owner or parent, they go through a breakup I think that a lot of people, whether or not they would admit it or not, don't want to be seen as the person who is leaving the pet. Yeah. 
What do you yeah, say about, totally. and people might judge you for, for this, right? And those aren't your people, <laughs> but yeah, I mean, you can, mm-hmm. you know, if your friends have questions and everything and it's coming from a well-meaning place, you can, uh, you can explain the logic. You don't owe an explanation to anyone, but you can try to explain that logic. And at the end of the day, it's not their life. You know, if they don't understand yeah. why you yeah. made that decision, they have a different value system. Like, mm-hmm. and that's totally fine. You know, you can say, Hey, I, I know that my pet is going to be safe and loved and well taken care of by my ex. And I was able to put that aside because I want to travel for the next nine months. Like I know that's, that's what I want to do. And I know that this is like, this is a great place for them. So, um, if you do have a plan, um, consider asking for that agreement in writing. Um, mm-hmm. also, uh, you know, like, yeah, uh, I, I didn't have it in writing. Um, mm-hmm. and I just happened to have like a really great ex who was like a very, um, you know, very stable understanding. And we were able to have very like, um, polite and conscientious and like no ego conversations about these things. And I know that not everyone is dealing with that, especially because there's a breakup happening. Like something went wrong somewhere. Oh. Um, yeah, so- I, know, I know that. Um, so I'm wondering if maybe this could be a cool resource to add into the, our Facebook community. Are there perhaps templates online that you can get oh, about? Um, I never thought about that, but yeah, I mean, I think that. I, I mean, even just like a sentence would do with a signature. Oh, it's just saying okay. like this, <laughs> this pet, in, in case of uh, the relationship dissolving, this pet uh-huh. belongs to this person, date it and sign it, keep that as a record. Because um, at the shelter, like we had, you know, people bringing in their pets. If they did not have proof of ownership, they could not relinquish the pet with us. Proof of ownership was anything with your name on it, like a bill of sale, adoption paperwork, veterinary um, records. Mm -hmm. So just keep in mind if the animal is yours to make sure you get those purchase papers, adoptions, um, bills all paid for by you with your name on them. So if you're, you know, if the dog is 100%, you just know if there's anything with your ex's name on it they can claim ownership. So if, if you're splitting bills or something, have them Venmo you and you put the full thing on your card. Don't split it. Don't have them front the cost. That's just something, you know, to keep in mind. And that was just, uh, you know, like, I don't know. I'm not a uh, animal rights lawyer or anything like that. That was just how the shelter I was at handled like legal ownership questions is when someone came in and you could see how this goes badly. Someone comes in with their wife's cat and they're like, oh, we're relinquishing the cat today. And I'm like, oh, I had this really great conversation, actually. Um, <laughs> I was hoping you were going to bring in some yeah. stories. So yeah, yeah. So Please. here's a story. Um, this guy brought in a cat in a carrier. He's like, OK, we're, we're getting rid of the cat. And I'm like, OK, you first of all, you suck for putting it like that. Um, <laughs> and I'm like, no OK, judgment. so we're just going to need proof of ownership. And he's like, uh, here it is. And I'm like, OK, this is all in your wife's name. And he's like so and i'm like well she needs to be here for the relinquishment then because she's the owner and he's like oh you don't understand 
I'm a lawyer. And I'm like, oh, cool, big man. Bro. Cool. Also, your wife needs to be here. And he never came <laughs> back. Um, because as you can imagine, Claire. yeah, God, like people are so crazy. That isn't an effort to control those situations where it is like maybe a bad breakup or a divorce. Yeah. And your partner yeah. is trying to like punish you in some yeah. way by giving your pet up. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, if, if, it's always better to be safe than sorry. You know, like obviously you date someone because you think they're trustworthy and you think they're loving and you think they have your best interests at heart. And sometimes you find out that they are 100% not the person you think they are. You know, you always hope to have these good, uh, I mean, not to say amicable because they were very painful and Mm -hmm. sad, but you know, like I've, with my ex-fiance, it was very much like we were not out to get each other Uh after the relationship but you can have those horror stories happen so yeah and when we're going through a breakup um we're not always at our best we're not acting our best um a breakup can make you know the best of people kind of jerks yeah and you not to excuse anyone for (laughs) no i mean i'm bringing your dog to a pound um (laughs) no no of course i it's just you don't know what's going to happen during the breakup as lovely as the person seems before you know it they're using the pet against you in some weird way um you know it's it's just better to have these agreements in place yeah have them in place and also (laughs) then you know hey all my ducks are in a row and if something does ever happen there's no way that this can be like taken out of my hands so yeah so just you know some things to keep in mind all right so as we've touched on and I hope people believe us a breakup (laughs) can come with a lot of upheaval in various ways so some people move some people stay with a friend a lot of people stay with their parents for you know a few months very normal I don't want anyone to feel bad who does that like everyone is doing that these days so um a lot of people experience depression and need to cut back on responsibilities um you know even as much as you might love your pet if you are dealing with some mental health issues you might really not need the responsibility of caring for another living Thing. yeah and that, <laughs> so. that uh, you know that depends on your situation because like t- talking about depression like mm-hmm. we are coaches not mental yeah. health professionals mm-hmm. but mm-hmm. some people do say that having a pet helps them with their depression because yeah. yes. it's a reason yes, yes, yes. to like yeah. get out of bed but you know look at and your own situation people, absolutely yeah um, judge i'm, I'm kind of saying yeah don't don't judge, but don't judge yourself if you can't yeah um, exactly yeah. Uh, yeah. i mean i I knew someone, my ex was an alcoholic and when he would um, go on a bender, he wouldn't take care of his dog. And it was very troubling. All right. Mm -hmm. So point being though, um, so I think that we, in addition to not letting people grieve a breakup, I think that there's often not an understanding in our society around the fact that it just can become untenable to look after an animal after breakup. It does not mean that you didn't take it seriously before. Mm -hmm. It's just, it's not your current reality. Yeah. So if this is your situation, Claire, as our resident expert, what do you think are some things to consider uh, if this does become your reality and you need to rehome? Either temporarily or 
Okay. All right. We can forever. Talk about you need to rehome. Yeah, because mm-hmm. some of these are for temporary. Like okay, so I know you can for the next that? couple months, I uh-huh. you know I'm looking for a place right now. But right now I'm staying with my parents, and uh-huh. I can't take the dog there. But okay. I'm gonna find a place, and I'm gonna take care of my dog eventually. What do I do? It can't stay with my ex. Maybe your ex doesn't want the dog. <laughs> like, you know. Yep. So mm-hmm. what to do? And you're like, I'm committed to figuring this out. I just need a little time. If that's the case, there are low cost boarding options uh the shelter that i was at did have low cost boarding um i think it's like 20 something dollars a day which some people that does add up it does add up but some people might be able to if you if you're like i want to make this work i just need a little time that's Mm -hmm. an option Mm -hmm. yeah i mean even for so let's see i'm just (laughs) now that's gonna stay in my mind you can pay a lot um, more than that i mean that's not that bad i mean that's gonna be what five six hundred bucks for a month yeah so okay all right yeah that could make sense okay yeah it could, it could make sense, especially if mm-hmm. you're not paying rent during that time, you know, yeah, yeah, you're staying sure. with parents mm-hmm. or something. Um, okay. So there's another option. There's long-term in-house boarding. You can go on like rover.com. There's probably other websites too of someone who's like, I just like having dogs at my house or cats at my house. And okay you know, your cat can go and stay with them for three months, you know? Um, Hmm. and that's generally cheaper because they're using their own house and it's kind of like a foster you are paying them. Um, you know, so that's just a thing. That's if you don't have a friend or a friend of a friend who is open to doing a long-term or, you know, a couple weeks of having your dog at their house. Mm -hmm. Um, so, you know, definitely look to your network first. Yes. Yep. Yeah, I mean, a lot. I mean, you might have a friend. Yes, yeah. And this is the this is the same for lots of breakup situations. Um, You know, this is why we have friends and family and loved ones. Um, Yeah, yeah, try try and resource to your to your network when you can. And like, see, you know, if you have like colleges in the area or something, like, see if there's a student or something who'd like to have a dog for while they're there for the mm-hmm, spring mm-hmm. quarter. If you or tell everyone, if you tell your friends um, that this is the situation, and for everyone to please put the word out, yeah. you never know what's gonna happen. Exactly. Yeah. There's mm-hmm. there's probably yeah. so, a, an acquaintance or someone in your network, extended network, who who can help. You know, like people do like to pitch in. Um, Also, if you are in the military, um, keep in mind there's long-term fosters specifically for military families. So if you're like, I really want to keep my dog, but I know I go out on deployment in three months for, you know, six months, check in with those fosters. Um, They're limited because there's such a big need for them. Um, But, you know, see, see if there's someone in your area who specifically fosters military pets because that's a huge need um and you know see if you can get those resources in place so that you can keep your pet long term because you're not always going to be on deployment you know um so yeah keep that in mind and if you have you if you have space in your home right now maybe consider listing yourself (laughs) like if you're not in this situation and you're like oh i'm stable i have like lots of room i have a backyard hey like maybe volunteer (laughs) as being a military foster (laughs) so yeah um because then you can have a dog for six months and you know have that um so yeah and then there's also if you none of those options are going to work and neither you or your partner can keep your pet you can try to rehome your pet. 100% 
try to rehome your pet within your network if at all possible. So maybe, you know, like we talked about, you know, placing with a friend or a friend of a friend for temporary, see if anyone in your network is actually looking to adopt a pet from you. And, you know, that is the way to go. If you can do that, please try to do that. Um, Because shelters, although they are filled with caring people who are doing the best they can to care for your, your pet and all of the pets that are there who really love animals and who are trying their best to find them homes, even in the best situation, the shelter is not a home. Yeah. Dogs are not, you know, they're not going to thrive in a kennel situation. Mm -hmm. Um, and so if you can at all avoid that possibility at all, you want to make sure you do. Um, and that was, you know, I can tell you 100% people get into this line of work because they love animals and you would have to, yeah, you, you like, (laughs) yeah, people in shelters really, really love it. I mean, this wouldn't be for me, not because I don't love animals, but just being around so many different ones day in and day out. And I also have allergies. So, I mean, this wouldn't be something I would do, but I know that (laughs) a lot of people, it is a bit of a almost hobby for a lot of people who go into this work. Yeah. I mean, it's, uh, it's something, you know, you're not paid very well. Um, the hours are terrible. It's, uh, mental and emotional, um, you know, mentally and emotionally damaging. Mm -hmm. Um, and you know, you're doing it because you love these animals so fucking much, but Mm -hmm. no matter what, it's still a shelter. It's still not going to be the best situation for that animal. You want to make it as short a stay as possible, get them in and out as quickly as possible. Um, because you know, shelters aren't, aren't, aren't long-term homes. They're, they are not a home. So if you can avoid it, please do. But the shelter is there as a safety net, as a last resort. Mm -hmm. Um, here's where it's going to get depressing. So, you know, brace yourself. But, um, if you live in a big city, for example, Los Angeles, or, you know, please do whatever it takes to not take your dog or cat to the shelter. Um, Even low kill or no kill shelters, even though they're a better bet than like county shelter, they do not guarantee that your pet will find a home. No kill does not mean absolutely no kill. I Mm. can tell you that right now. Um, So, you know, you just try to avoid Uh that as much as possible. If your pet is over six months old, the chances of them getting out of like a high kill shelter is very, very slim. So if you can avoid it, please do. Um, yeah. So I know that's really sobering, but it's very important for me to share Mm -hmm. that said, please donate to high kill shelters. (laughs) Uh You mean financially? Yeah, financially, yeah, okay. if you are looking to support animal shelters, you can donate your money, you can donate your time if you can do that emotionally. Um, you can, you know, uh, donate like blankets and toys, um, right. look at anim- Amazon wish lists. The thing mm-hmm. is, is that people don't want to support high kill shelters because they don't like what's happening there. And I get that. Mm-hmm. However, what's happening there is worsened by the fact that no one is donating. Mm-hmm. All the money is instead going to no kill shelters, 
which have a lot of resources in order to keep oh, those pets safe. And I'm wondering, do people who but, even yeah. want to adopt a pet, are they even more likely to go to a no-kill shelter yeah. because they think they're supporting the no-kill yeah. shelter by adopting a pet from yeah. it? They're voting with their dollar. However, oh, it, right? the no-kill shelters exist to serve underserved populations, high um, high populations, uh, high population like you know highly populated areas okay. with low income <laughs> mm-hmm. people who have no other resources than to take their pets to that high kill shelter um or you know street dogs and street cats you know so it, it's it's a feedback loop if you want to improve okay. the the um statistics on those high kill shelters you need to be supporting them yeah so start there maybe when you're ready to get a pet okay yeah Yeah, start there so if Mm -hmm. you can you know if you come from an affluent area you know go go more into the city and look at those those county shelters because you know some of it's it's really terrible i won't share any more here because Mm -hmm. i don't want to just like devastate everyone but (laughs) but yeah so that's that's Mm -hmm. my soapbox um you know that said you know no kill shelters are obviously doing wonderful work as well Mm -hmm. but it's you know it's just so um upsetting to see you know my at at the time when I was working at a no kill shelter I was you know watching like the people who just happened to work at high kill shelters be demonized for being terrible people yeah, the, because they were so, euthanizing animals. Yeah, and these like, shelters aren't there because they want to yeah, put down animals. No, it's, fuck no. I mean, they're run by the state, right? Um, It depends on the city, but usually they have a contract with the city right. or okay. with the state. Okay. So, uh-huh. yeah, yeah. Um, so, unfortunately, it's, anyway. it is the reality that we have lots of either stray or mm-hmm. homeless pets and this is for them really but there's yeah. only so much they can do is what you're saying yeah exactly mm-hmm. and you can improve oh, what they can do by donating yeah. so all right uh yeah so if you are in this spot where you have to put a pet in the shelter like trust me i understand like you mm-hmm. can yep. you can get there you can find yourself in that situation yep. like only love here you know Mm -hmm. like obviously there's those people who walk in and they're like I'm oh here's another story (laughs) um (laughs) there are those people who come in with their 10 year old cat who's like she's getting old and they like relinquish her what? and then they go and they're like can I adopt this kitten and we're like no (laughs) sorry that's um you know who are just like upgrading to the next thing (sighs) you know those those are the people we're like mm, you're Fuck. you're the worst um oh, but wow. trust me when you have no other recourse and you come huh? into a shelter you will not be faced with mm. judgment mm. we understand we're there to help you mm. because we we want to help the people who are in that really really tough spot so just know you know you will not be shamed if you have to do that so um, but if you have to bring your pet to the shelter and you're like, fuck, I live in a big city. What do I do? There's a workaround. Um, it's kind of frowned upon by the people in okay. the shelter. Go, so. go for it. But this is a workaround. So um, generally, you are limited to what shelter you can bring your pet to based on where your address is, your living address. So like, 
for example, um, we, I was in Santa Barbara, someone from LA couldn't just come to Santa Barbara and bring their pet to the nice Santa Barbara shelter. Mm -hmm. Um, they had to live in the County (laughs) at the time they've kind of expanded it out a little bit, but if you know someone who does have an address in more affluent area, you can switch the ownership to them so they legally become the owner and then they can bring the pet mm-hmm. to the shelter okay That's, so then yeah, that way you complicated it's, but mm-hmm. yeah it kind of mm-hmm. reminds me a lot of um I mean this is an extreme uh correlation but it reminds me I mean, not at all, but it, it's kind of like getting your, your pet into a better school. Um, uh-huh. No, no I, I understand. <laughs> you know? That makes sense. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it's frowned upon. So I wouldn't be like, oh, we did this, you know, mm-hmm. to the people at the shelter. <laughs> <Right. laughs> um, <laughs> be discreet, people. Yeah, be discreet. But, you know, like you can switch the ownership by, you know, uh, I mean, there's other ways, but you could have like, you know, just take your pet for a checkup and have the new owner be the person whose name is on that veterinary record and they bring that in as their proof of ownership so all right yeah so if you do put your pet in the shelter like and you're missing them you know as you're doing the relinquishment ask what the policy is for calling to check if they've been adopted um they will definitely never give you the information of the new owners it's a total violation of Uh privacy (laughs) however you can call for updates of like oh have they been adopted yet and you know they'll either say yes or no sometimes they'll be like yeah they were really sweet and we're really excited about it Mm -hmm. like I tried to you know reassure people who were really upset so um you're likely not going to be allowed to visit your pet when they're in the shelter so also keep that in mind but you can call for updates also p.s unrelated (laughs) happier news if you have adopted your pet from the shelter in the past and you're just like listening to this episode for fun because you love animals because you love animals we the shelter employees love happy <laughs> updates oh my god Please i can call sense us. that yeah um like especially <laughs> like if we ever got in you know this would happen occasionally we get an email with pictures and they're like look he got a new toy he's doing so well especially <laughs> if it's like you know not just like the week after like we had some people who would give us an update like every year those those pictures, I'm telling you, they make the rounds around the shelter. We're like, you know, going over our like our our private Aww. radios. We're like, oh my god, buddy, buddy's owner just sent yeah. us an update. Like, come up to the shelter office when you have time to see pictures of him <laughs> in his new home. You know, like it really like these people are putting so much blood, sweat, and tears into their work. Um, and any sort of like news, good news is so so welcome because you know. Uh, I always would joke with new adopters. I'm like, please give us updates because, you know, like best case scenario, if you don't give us updates is we never see this pet again. Like, yeah. <laughs> so, you know, maybe wonder... tag the shelter, send them an email. I mean, <laughs> yeah. this is just good way to express gratitude. Yeah, tagging on social media too. Yeah. yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. Just please let us know. So yeah, uh-huh. that was just my little thing. <laughs> um, yeah. And then also if you're looking for resources, um, in general, this isn't just like, um, if you have to relinquish your pet, but if you, if you need veterinary care, if you need like a, you know, help, if you need boarding or Mm -hmm. something like that, 
call. And if one place doesn't have what you need, ask them for recommendations because it's a really small world and everyone knows everyone else. So that's a way to like find those resources. If you're having trouble, like looking at them online, Uh there's usually subsidized veterinary programs if you look hard enough. Um, So if you're in a tight spot and an emergency happens, you won't be without support. There are credit cards specifically only for veterinary bills. So you apply for them when you're pet gets in trouble. Um, so that way you can like cover the bills. Um, yeah, uh, all of this, um, get, uh, get insurance on your pet. Um, all right. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you so much for all of that information. You know, sometimes you do have to face a lot of tough decisions after Mm -hmm. a breakup from the fact that you need to rehome uh, your pet you know you might have tried everything and it's not working out and a shelter is the only option um, even deciding to move can be a hard decision you might lose friendships and so I think it's good that we're just providing you know, information about the, some of these hard truths that you yeah. will um, that, that you could possibly yeah. face when you it's a, when it's a, a responsibility mm-hmm. yeah you know like when you adopt an animal you are you are saying, hey, I'm going to be responsible for their welfare for the rest of their life. Like, mm-hmm. you're going to have to make sacrifices and things. Um, and, you know, especially if that responsibility is coming to an end, you want to see it through in the best way you can. Yeah, so agreed. Yeah. All right. So a hidden dynamic of many domestic abuse situations is that of pets. I don't think yeah. that people realize this, but it can. It's a huge a a huge issue. So it can keep people in harmful situations because they don't want to leave a pet because they're going to miss the pet. It can cause concern because you might be leaving an abusive partner who could be left responsible for the pet and who, you know, could abuse or neglect the pet. Yeah. Um, So, you know, a lot of people stay in unsafe situations because of this. Yeah. So what should people do? Yeah. So first of all, if you're in danger, put yourself first. 100%. You have to protect yourself. However, that doesn't always mean you have to leave your pet. There are resources for you. Mm -hmm. Many more options than you think you have. Even if you're like, I'm leaving in the next minute, you know, scoop your dog up on the way out. Mm -hmm. Um, there are things you can do. So there's more resources than you think. So, um, number one, you can relinquish your pet. You don't have to, you can, you can drop them off at the shelter and be like, I can't do this. You know, Uh at, at least like the shelter, you know, especially if your abuser has, um, you know, I know that I don't have the statistics on this, but sometimes it's kind of like, well, if you, leave or if you do anything I'm gonna hurt the animal you know and that can be like a factor Mm -hmm. um or just that you know they're not gonna look after it yes and this is a thing I I worked in a dv shelter for quite a while and the the partners there's all sorts of stuff that comes into play when there's partners and children involved you know like good luck you know I'm gonna do this or that and Oh, it gets so dirty yeah. and nasty. And-, and so, yeah. So like the working with the DV shelters, you brought up a point that I hadn't thought about. Sometimes they'll like liaise with a local shelter. To yeah. Help so, you. right. If you were to go to a shelter um, and you had communicated with the shelter beforehand, 
or even last minute, yeah, they will very, very minute. likely be able to help you in some way to figure yeah. this out. Figure mm-hmm. this out, you know, whether you're like, hey, I'm never coming back to he- back here. So, you know, um, find a new home for my pet. That's one option. Um, but, you know, check with your local humane societies, ASPCAs, volunteer-based shelters, animal rescues. If you can do any legwork before you run, please do. Um, but that said, like we had situations where someone would show up at the front front desk and be like, hey, I, I'm running away from mm-hmm. an abuser. Mm-hmm. I don't know what to do with my pet. And we've been able to sort out a long-term for free boarding situation for them. Um at the shelter I was at, we had, you know, it was donation, donation based or free. Um, it was completely anonymous. Uh, the animals were kept out of sight of the public and they were in the management system under pseudonyms. So both the dog's name and the owner's name was changed. No one, but like one manager even knew the real names of the people Mm -hmm. and the dog involved. So it was like very, it was, it would be impossible for an abuser to find that animal. So, um, what about you know, some- having the third party? I know that if it's a, a in a domestic si- violence situation, sometimes you need to have a third party who even communicates with your ex. Um, what about having either a third party or the cops go and get the pet? Is that can you do that? Um, I have no idea how the cops work. Uh-huh. Um, I don't know about the third party either. Um, each each shelter does have different policies and everything. So I can only really speak to what Well, we I'm did. saying like a friend, I guess every, every yeah. situation is different. It would every situation, on the situation is different. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. I like from what we would do, um, I'm sure having a friend come to the shelter and handle that interaction, like with the shelter and being like, Hey, this is my friend's dog. They're in domestic violence, like mm-hmm. protection or something like, um, you know, like there may be some, some like necessary things like if you're staying at a domestic violence shelter maybe like having someone there call the shelter and be like yeah this person's legit like we do but if you had if you had fled and now you either had your own place or you were staying somewhere where you could have the animal Mm -hmm. could someone then go back to the home and get the animal you know what i mean Oh, so that you don't have to go back there and see your ex and have a confrontation about the animal. Yeah. Like I would not recommend ever going back to the right. Exactly. Uh Yeah. So I, yeah. So that's, you know, I was, I was thinking more about the shelter situation just, um, so I, I, I don't know how to handle that situation. Certainly do not go into that situation yourself, have someone else handle it. Um, and I'm sure that the, um, domestic violence resources in your area will be able to advise you better on how to handle that Mm. um yeah uh so that that's that I don't know if you'd be able to get the police involved to go and pick up yeah if the pet was in your name would you okay yeah I I guess we're not too sure we're not too sure but Mm -hmm. I don't know if that would be an option either. So I don't know. Um, Take care of yourself and then make an action plan. There's lots of resources such as friends, such as shelters, such as maybe things that we haven't even thought of here. Yeah. And so, Mm -hmm. you know, like, yeah, even if you have no one else to turn to, you know, talk to those shelters because we do try to help Mm -hmm. um, in that way. And you can, you know, there was, there was one, a uh, pet that stayed at the shelter for eight months 
while she got set up and was able to come back and get her her pet so wonderful you know and that was just like so fulfilling for us to be able to like yeah like Mm -hmm. we did it (laughs) that's great yeah oh such good information Claire thank you Mm -hmm. so much um is there anything else that you want to add um oh I I actually have a question this is kind of more of a fun thing but I'd love it if you could tell (laughs) all yeah and please I want everyone to know our hearts go out to you I have personally been through this I know how painful it can be and yeah, this is not fun to figure out but hopefully we gave you some ideas and resources if you do so I want to know, because I know you're such a big fan of fostering. So I, um, yeah. So like, how does fostering work? Why would you maybe want to do it? What would you need to have in place? Um, mm-hmm. Like, I want to give you, you know, space to plug this because I know it's something yes. you're passionate about. <laughs> oh my God. Yeah. Fostering is amazing, especially if you're not sure what the future is going to bring, because okay. it's basically, you are opening up your home to an animal that, you know, you will not have long-term. So, you know, the, the idea behind fostering is you're either a medical foster. So you're helping them recover from, you know, maybe a surgery or, um, you know, maybe they have, uh, ringworm is an intense foster, uh, you know, that, or, um, perhaps they have, um, oh man, I'm forgetting the name of it now, but there's, there's a lot of reasons you might need, um, to have a medical foster for an animal because homes are the best place to heal. A shelter is not conducive to healing a lot of times. Okay. So you would be responsible though for shots and medicine. Potentially. Um, potentially. So the, the shelter would cover those things. So whether you need to do it though, I mean, um, yeah. So it it depends on your comfortability. If you're not Mm -hmm. comfortable giving shots, then like you wouldn't get a medical foster that requires that, you know, the, the shelter work with you. Yeah, exactly. So, you know, like if someone is a vet tech, they'd be great with a more advanced medical, um, foster. But if you're like, Hey, I just want something super easy and friendly. And I just want to help them find a home. Then you could do just a regular adoption, um, foster. And what that means is that you're going to have, you know, say it's a, a dog. Um, the idea behind a foster is not only will it be, um, better for the animal to get out of the shelter environment, um, perhaps, a lot of times we look for shelter, uh, for pets who, um, and I keep saying we just because I was the foster coordinator, um, okay, at one point. Right. So I am no longer in the industry. So, but, um, usually, you know, people come to a shelter to adopt an animal. So there's a lot of positives to having the pet at the shelter because people are coming in specifically looking to adopt an animal. Mm-hmm. However, if it's been a little while and maybe the dog isn't doing well in the shelter or the cat, um, finding a foster can help because the foster is kind of now um, acting as like the PR spokesperson for this animal. So if you, if you have a foster dog, that means, you know, making sure you're going out into public, they've got their little adoption vest on, you're going to breweries, you're going on hikes. Yeah, talk about People are like, oh my God, your dog's wearing a vest. What does that mean? And you're like, well, actually it's not my dog. He's just staying with me right now because we're looking for a home. Mm. He's so great. He sleeps on the bed. He's really gentle. Like he 
he or maybe met he my doesn't sleep on five the bed. years old. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and so you can be like, I've had this dog living in my home. I get to know him on a level that even the shelter staff don't get to see because it's not a home. Um, um, can you post and- pics? Like, would you send yes, your pics out? Yeah, social media is a big deal. It also helps, um, you know, get pictures of dogs in homes to post on the the shelter's website. Uh, yeah, a little bit better media. than. Yeah, exactly. It's easier to see for potential adopters to see the pet in their own home if they've got a picture of a dog in someone else's home Mm. as opposed to like behind the bars and looking real sad, you know? Um, So you said there's medical... Yeah, and then there's ju- there's pets that have been in the shelter who yeah, um, need and there there okay. will sometimes be like a behavior um, foster, so maybe they're really really shy in the shelter, uh-huh. um, and your job is to be like, you know, gas them up and like. <laughs> help them gain some confidence. So if you have experienced training dogs, that can be really helpful. Some dogs really need a buddy. So if they're very shy, um, if you have a confident dog at home, fostering a shy dog, the confident dog will teach the shy dog how to be more confident. So it's like really cool. It's really cool. Do you think that for a couple who is at the exciting stage in the relationship where they're thinking about maybe getting a pet slash one of you getting a pet and for the time being you both take care of it as we said earlier is fostering a good option to see if it works and to learn about and do you think that couples do this would you recommend it yeah I 100% recommend it um chances are you might fall in love with whoever you foster but if you don't Mm -hmm. great because you're not stuck with that animal now that you like want you know you it's kind of like having a trial run yeah and I think it's good that in this situation you would have kind of like a container over over things you know you'd say we're gonna have this pet for three months and see how Mm -hmm. it goes and then make a decision after or even make a decision about adoption after so long right? Yeah. Um, yeah. Like fosters will depend. Um, the length of time will depend on the shelter. Like everyone kind of does it differently. Uh Some actually, some animal rescues don't even have a physical location and they're 100% foster based. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah. Yeah. So they're just waiting. They have people on call. Exactly. So you can like, um, there's usually a little bit of training, um, you know, like not much, but a little bit of training to like, so they, you know, know that you're responsible and you're going to be able to take care of the same. Okay. Do they do house checks? Um, depends on the organization. So what is, um, what is just, uh, what are some of the basics that you would need to have in place for both dog and cat? And then we'll wrap things up. <laughs> yeah. So cool thing about fosters is usually they'll give you all of the supplies as well. You will oh. also not be responsible for medical bills or anything like that. So, um, yeah, so it all really depends on the organization, um, but generally everything will be provided that you need, um, as well as training. Um, so there's that. Um, yeah, uh, it's kind of a a thing with the fostering. It's a like a frustration. Um, is foster fails. Um, which yeah. are celebrated, but also frustrating because now 
so basically a foster fail is when someone goes into it to foster an animal and they end up, they love the animal. They want to keep it forever. They end up oh. adopting. That means for the shelter, they need to find someone else to foster the next animal. So if oh. you do decide, <laughs> I oh. actually don't ever want to adopt uh-huh. the uh-huh. pet, at least not yet. That's actually a wonderful thing because <laughs> if you do find a home for that cat or that dog in your network, then you're available to take another dog or cat mm-hmm. into your home. And so you and your partner um, may end up having three or four dogs over the course of your relationship because oh, you're finding cor- homes okay, right. for them. Mm-hmm. You know? Oh, and that could be a really cool thing to do as a couple. Actually. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, it's like huge, like you know, huge boost. It's oh, sad me. to say yep. goodbye, but you know, mm-hmm. it's it's so good, and you can both feel really uh, amazing about what you're doing. And if your life gets busy, you get a promotion, you start having to have lots of time at work, or maybe you have to switch cities and move for work, or maybe yeah. you break up, whatever. You can give the foster dog or cat back and it's no harm no foul it you know it's i like very, this i yeah. like this i'd Fosters love to speak with anyone who has you know experience oh, with yeah. fostering with their partner yes one my dear point there's one more it kind of falls under medical foster but okay. um another thing is that sometimes uh animals come into the shelter who are um you know old or having failing health who are not very like quote adoptable Mm -hmm. and so those may turn into very long-term fosters which for you may work really well for your situation um you know like if there's a 12 year old dog comes into the shelter, he's got arthritis. He's like kind of questionable about other dogs. He just wants to be left alone and sleep all day. I love you know? geriatric dogs yeah. so much. Like that dog, he, he's going to really struggle to find a new home. He's not mm-hmm. going to do well in the shelter, sleeping on the concrete. It's not going to be good for him, but he might live six months. He might live two years. We don't know. And you as a foster, you could keep that dog for the rest of his life, have all Mm -hmm. of your veterinary care taken care of Mm -hmm. by the shelter. You don't have to invest any money in this dog. All you have to do is love them until the end of their days. And a lot of them are easier to take care of, very well behaved. And I, Mm -hmm. I mean, this would probably be what I would do to be honest. I actually was just thinking, so I'm about to move and my, my building doesn't even allow (laughs) <laughs> Cats oh, and dogs. No. so it's gonna gonna be a little while yeah. i think it's good though because once um covid dies down as you know i have lots of travel plans so it's yeah. probably not my time anyway but oh yeah <laughs> you know i'm going though for the tortoise girl um mm-hmm. so this is a little off but did you ever get tortoises or was your shelter only it was for- it was only dogs and cats where i was working okay. but every yep. shelter is different because so. also tortoise fostering is a thing as well yeah, and adoption they because live to a like lot of 70 yes and people don't realize the commitment they're making and yeah. a lot of people are very ignorant and think that you know you can let them off um, into the wild and you can't once a tortoise has been domesticated it can't mm-hmm. be released back into the wild it won't adapt and so a lot of people will um try it and the tortoises will get discovered and they'll be taken in or a lot of people realize that that's not what they can do and yeah. get kind of they I think getting a tortoise seems exciting in the moment but <laughs> uh-huh. after you know so long um 
they give them up. So yeah, maybe I think maybe I'll I'll do that. So if you're if you're in Denver and you'd like me to watch your tortoise, <laughs> um, one last thing. Are you sure? I know because <laughs> you were talking about housing and not being mm-hmm. allowed to have animals. Um, if you are seeing a therapist. Um, talk to them about emotional support animals. I don't like how people can abuse this. Um, however, if you are already seeing a mental health professional, ask mm-hmm. what they can do to help you uh, work out housing with oh, your animal. Oh, right. This is because a thing there are um, there are laws mm-hmm. protecting people who have an emotional support animal mm-hmm. so that you can more easily find housing. Um, so just look into that if that applies to you. If you don't have any mental health issues right now, please don't abuse it. Um, yes, because please. it really because dilutes. Because this is becoming also an yeah. issue that people who have very legitimate reasons for this are not yeah. being trusted. And it yeah. bothers me because I know a couple people who it re- who really, really almost need it. Yeah. And it's not, I don't like that there's becoming yeah, a stigma around that's it. That's what it's for. Yep. Um, uh, yeah. And I mean, and this is another hard truth. You know, if you have a pet, you, mm-hmm. and you are apartment hunting, you will find buildings that will not accept it. This is part of being an owner and you're yeah. going to need to take this into consideration and find a building that does. And yeah, you're going to have to probably search more, but, yeah. and if that's not something you want to do, then maybe take that into consideration when you're working this out with your ex, because mm-hmm. trust me, as someone who's apartment hunted quite a bit, the last few years, a lot of buildings are, it's, they're not going to have it. Yeah. And yeah. don't lie. Go to a building that does. Be a, be a grown up. Yeah. Also, <laughs> you don't want to deal with lying to your landlord. Please but don't. people do. Yeah. I know of these stories as well. That's, <laughs> that's why I'm saying, me, you know, but... like grow up. <laughs> I, it's just All like right. you're gonna this... you're gonna get fucked. <laughs> like I'm just telling this you. This was the episode of hard truths. Yeah. And we hope it helped. And yeah. we are standing with you if you're going through this and we're rooting for you. Yeah. So thank you, Claire, for all of the information you shared. This was really exciting. I'm not sure what the equivalent would be if we came on and talked about something that I have background in, but I really loved interviewing you and thank think it you. was great. I think this was a great idea on both our parts and we'd love to know uh, what you think. I'd yeah. also be curious if there is a pet relationship breakup scenario that we somehow didn't cover because we take we take into consideration all of that feedback yes all right (sighs) so if you love this please leave us a review and as always hop over to our facebook community breakup broken hearts and moving on and we'll see you next week thanks for listening to x files a podcast about breakups broken hearts and moving on if you like this episode Tag us on your Instagram story so we can connect with you. And you can find me, Claire, on Instagram at Claire Lottas. And me, Janice, on Instagram at Janice Formicella. If you'd like to join our online community, find us on Facebook at Breakups, Broken Hearts, and Moving On. And here's a preview of our next episode. The series gained a lot of notoriety because it was so kinky and it was like the BDSM thing. But unfortunately is that they aligned like kink and BDSM with being emotionally abusive. And those things are not the same. 
And he makes such a big thing about this later on. I've never slept in a bed with a woman before. I mean, I've never, yeah. I'm so comfortable. It, this I is mean, not a compliment, okay? No. He just fucked you, and he's tired, and he fell asleep next to you. Yeah, that Can that you... is historically what has been known to happen across the male species. Right! This is not your special. Normally, he stumbles down the hallway from his playroom to go to sleep, <laughs> but like, yeah.